Hi everyone and welcome to Business of Building. Today I'm going to be speaking with Dave Forster, who is the current chairman of FHPESS Limited. FHPESS is a dynamic property engineering and sustainability services support in the real estate space and is based in seven offices all around UK. Dave started his working life as Brightside Engineering Company at the age of 16. This was his first introduction to building services industry in contracting installation company. Moving on to NHS and MOD as an engineering manager, Dave was experiencing the life cycles of buildings beyond completion and occupation, something that would be the mainstay of his career of 45 years in the real estate engineering. It's absolutely fascinating, the conversation we're gonna have. I'm really looking forward to it. Joining FHPSS in Milton Keynes in the early 80s, when they were at the forefront of economic movement to private real estate investment and ownership, Dave was a technical assistant, which would eventually become a managing director of this business and an owner 25 years later. During the intervening period, Dave formed MBE, Managers of Built Environment Consultants, and also spent three years in Oman, the Emirates, and India working with Majan Consultants as Practice Manager. As was perhaps inevitable, Dave returned to FHPSS as a director, purchasing the practice from the H in the FHP, Melvin Higgins, and developing a successful multidisciplinary design and technical management practice before passing the practice to the new generation of engineers and entrepreneurs in ILS Capital. That would include me and my husband, James Lamb. So it has been a journey uh, for us with FHP as well and a very heartwarming one. Um, so you can hear the emotions coming through. Dave lives in the Midlands with his wife, Sue, son and grandchildren. He retains a strong link with his native Newcastle upon time, is a keen NUFC fan tennis and golf player and enjoys travel. And I absolutely cannot wait to welcome Dave. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dave. Welcome to Business of Building. Dave, thank you so much for joining us today at Business of Building. I mean, what a pleasure. I've known you for since 2018 now. And uh, yeah, our first meeting was, uh, we just kept talking, didn't we? We had had so many in Brian Cox's way, universes and galaxies colliding in our little engineering world. And uh, yeah, it it was a pleasure and it's still a pleasure. And it's amazing to be interviewing you for... Uh, to share this with everyone else as well, um, what stories we discuss. But without further ado, if we dive straight in, um, you were an MD, you are a chairman of FHPESS, which is based yeah. in um, seven places all over UK. You're an engineer. I'm sure I'm missing some steps here, but do you want to yeah. give a um, brief personal journey or detailed personal journey yeah. into the world of engineering i mean one of the questions which also comes to my head whilst you're doing that perhaps if you don't mind touching on is how fhp has evolved during this time of your career there and beyond kind of thing as well thank you okay yeah i'm I'm going to take you all the way back all the way back to the 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 day i left school which when i was 16 year olds just after finishing o levels did you always know you're going to be an engineer well, you know, that's, that's exactly the point. So I, I, I passed my O-levels, much to the, um, the, the, the excitement of, of my teachers who thought yeah. I could absolutely do nothing. But 
So I passed my O-levels and my parents, I, I think much like yours, Gary, probably, you know, had expectations of A-levels and not so much university at that stage. That wasn't really part of part of my life, but certainly A-levels and going back to school. And instead, sort of four days after I got my O-level results, I was out looking for a job and then arrived back home and told my dad that I'd got a job working for an engineering contractor in Newcastle-upon-Tyne in the northeast of England. And he said, but you're supposed to be going back to school in six weeks' time to do your A-levels. I said, Dad, I just, I just want to work. And coming from the northeast of England, where engineering was always, mm. it's, it's in the DNA. I was about to say, it's pretty of much. that part of the country. And, and, and my dad was, was very much part of that sort of culture. And he accepted that straight away. My, my mom took a little bit more 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 persuasive. it was it was the working life for me but from that stage started and 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 almost by accident could have been any type of engineering but ended up in a contracting business uh which was actually based out of sheffield but had an office in newcastle and it was an, an m&e contracting business we installed pipework systems we installed electrical systems we installed doing the the hospital rebuilds and things that were going on in in that sort of in that sort of early 80s time. And then it touches so many different sectors, doesn't it? Like oh, the, the yes. breadth of it. Suddenly, and it, it opened up a, to many people that might, you know, a university education is fantastic. And I, and I did so, and I did that at a later date, realizing that I'd probably made a mistake and <laughs> missed out on something. But it opened up to areas of life, as you touched on, that M&E is part of everybody's world. Mm. From the moment almost they perhaps are born in hospital and all of their working life and their living life is spent in that built environment. And I perhaps didn't appreciate at that time just what an important part of my life and everybody's life, mechanical, electrical, building services and real estate is to everybody. So it didn't take long for me to, you know, some people get, get caught up in medicine and they get caught up in the law and they get excited about that suddenly it was exciting to me mm. part of a world that touched every part of everybody else's world so i i, I went through that that process of working with that M&E contracting firm and in, in that process went back to college and and, and and did my sort of technical learning if you like at, at that point in time over the next sort of four or five were years. you an apprentice as well was well, it an yes. apprenticeship and, and because right now that, it's being talked of by the government so much isn't it so and, and, and rightly so and, and and i think as we go through and talk about how the industry has perhaps changed over time the guys and girls that work within our industry now perhaps will never have joined two cables together they may never have screwed a four inch length of pipe in a steam main that's going to work around a factory. And we are, at the end of the day, a very technical, a very often ethereal business, but it's very much a practical nuts and bolts, pipes and wires, wrenches and screwdrivers, end result of what it is that we design, what it is that we manage, and what it is that produces those building services for everybody that they use every day. It's a very practical thing that we do. And I don't think we should ever forget how all the work that we do on a, a small screen in a very powerful computer in a, in a nice office in, in our seven locations across the UK, you know, impacts on people's day-to-day -day comfortable life. And so, it, 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 yeah, I, I, get, I get excited about it in a way that yeah. <laughs> people would, would feel a little strange, but it means something to me that what we do as a world impacts 
everybody, the minute of everybody's life, almost without them knowing it. They understand the law and they understand medicine. What we do is often invisible. And in fact, you know, you've seen in, in, in your working life in, in, the, in the really high-end retail where you want to make it invisible. People don't understand why they're comfortable. People don't understand why they're happy sitting in a particular spot in an office or at home or in a public building or in a, a, in a theatre somewhere. But there's a reality for that. And it's what we do every day that makes it that way. It's fantastic, isn't it? So you yeah. were, you were uh, so then you went back to studying. Mm, yeah, I realised that I knew absolutely nothing. That was that was the point. Realised <laughs> that I knew absolutely nothing and, and had to learn had to learn something else. So I went back and did and did my sort of really technical qualifications. Then eventually I did a an engineering degree and a, and a, and a science degree through the Open University which wow. I really enjoyed as an experience because it allowed me to continue my work and continue my career while having a little bit of pressure in the background of, of, of doing that kind of stuff. And takes, it takes longer, but I felt I fulfilled what I needed in, 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 in my head to, to make. It's a different kind of pressure though, Dave, no? Because yeah. like the pressure is different to having the pressure of joining uni right after yes. you come out of school deciding what you're going to do whereas you went into the workplace found out what you wanted to do and then then kind of studied you know, that's, that's alongside really getting it yeah yeah and I, that I, confidence I, as well isn't it that you feel yeah. like this is the right path but i admire really an awful lot the way that the, that our graduate program our graduate program at fhp is a real success now taking kids who have who've learned the, the basics of what it is that they've needed to do at university, and whether that be mechanical or electrical or the, or the more rounded environment that we like our engineers to be in FHP. We like them to have that understanding of every discipline within, within the industry, energy, sustainability, mechanical, electrical, lift technology, anything like that. We, we like that rounded individual, but we can teach them everything that they haven't learned at university. And that is, that is so much. We know that, we accept that. But they've made a choice to come into our industry at a relatively early age because they've been done a specific degree or a specific technical qualification in, in, in what we need. And they've committed their life to it in the same way that I did early on, just through a different path. And without that education now, I think it's very difficult for them to achieve what we need in a really complicated and intensive industry now it's not easy for them and i admire them intensely to have made that choice to commit to an industry that perhaps isn't as glamorous as some of their colleagues and some of their their alumni at university have been doing but it's essential to what this world needs yeah i guess yeah we'll come back to that on how essential it is when we talk yeah. about you know the sustainability the esg yeah. element of it yeah. but i mean just to circle back to uh your journey then you joined yeah, you left so uni it, and open university did you, yeah. did you join fhp at that time or so i so i joined joined fhp uh, so i i initially worked for the, the health service as, as an engineer uh and i worked for the mod as an engineer and that that was when and maybe something else we can circle back on over time and just how industry has changed in that time. It was a very, in the UK, in, in, that, in that 80s, it was a non-privatised sector. A lot of, it was a lot of government-owned 
intensive industries that the private sector as we know it now almost didn't exist but it was making that change from one to the other and i realized quite quickly that i didn't need i didn't want to go through that change process with the nhs or with government and and public sector organizations i i saw the change coming where the private sector was going to lead our industry and that was when i joined fhp in milton keynes uh in the late 80s um, and from then, FHP has been a, literally a fundamental part of my life. It's been my it's been my working environment. It's been it's been where I, where I met my wife. It's been where we've brought up the kids. It's been it's been a fundamental. It's been a pillar of my life all the way through, uh, even through its its ups and downs. And so, it it meant everything to me to start literally and and and. My colleague Graham will often say this, that the first title Graham and I had in the business didn't even use the word engineer. You know, we were a technical surveyor. We were a technical assistant. Literally, the, the, if you look back on it, the lowest, the lowest rank in the whole of the organization. And then, you know, it, it took me maybe 25 years, but then to lead that organization has been some of the proudest, proudest elements of, of my life. Almost a decade and over, isn't it? Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. For How sure. has FHP changed during that time? You know, since oh. you joined, and because yes. there is an element of the structure, but also inherently of what the organisation does, because it's not so obvious for the people out looking in from the outside as to what the different strands of engineering are and why they are so different. So, do you want to? Yeah, no. It, it, it's interesting that the birth of of much of our industry and you can you go back to a genesis <laughs> yeah yes you know and with the technical revolution of of the very basics of, of first air conditioning and the basics of first heating you know we can we can go back hundreds of years for that but inevitably that it, it's born out of providing the built environment with a temperature that the human being can find comfortable to function in but fhp took that to the next level and we were one of the first businesses to do that, where, yes, we would design engineering services. But and, and I, I credit the, the H in FHP and Mr. Higgins, who recognized that the world didn't stop after we'd walked away from a building. And we built an environment that people could function in, whatever that was, whether it was an office or whether it was a theater. That was the design element. So you yeah. designed. And the... we realized very quickly that beyond that, 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 after that date of commissioning, after that date where people were comfortable in that building, it needed managing. It needed the, the engineering services needed to be maintained. They needed to be managed. They would need to change. They would need to be flexible. And in fact, the, the costs associated with running that property for the next 25, 30, 50 years, whatever it might be, have will, will more than, of course, more than outweigh the initial cost of and the, the reasons for building that building in the first place. And the thing that FHP brought to that more so was the flexibility that I, that I hope and I, and I really pray that we continue to do is to advise our clients and advise our, our occupants of those buildings that we've managed for the last, some of them for the last 30 or 40 years, that the function of that property will change. The function of the way people want to use that building will change. And we can have a huge influence and a huge beneficial influence on how 
that building function changes in our element of the engineering services and we can do it cost effectively we can advise our clients in a way that says well if you do this if you do this mr client if you do this madam client in 10 years time you're building in some resilience to your building we know that in time you will change the way you function within this building what we want to give you what fhp wants to give you is something that is still practical still tangible but is cost effective in the way that you function within that building over the next 20 30 40 years be it through a maintenance contractor that we can manage on your behalf be it through building or adding building management systems and changing building management systems in the way that we manage those engineering services for you and even to the point of where you know we might be looking at building occupancy the real basics of just providing people with 21 degrees c and 50% rh in a comfortable non drafty environment that, that that people desire now and we know that if they're a, a pharmaceutical business, they might want to change that space from person occupied to function occupied. They might want to be carrying out some processes in that in that in those areas. And we want in FHP to give them the flexibility of those services where best we can. And we love to engage with our clients. So our clients, the more they tell us, the more we can help them. Tell us about your vision for that building. Tell us about your future plans for that building. Tell us when the leases are finishing. Tell us when your tenants are entering and re-entering. We can make such a difference. We can add such value to the property just by being open with us. And we can amend the services to suit you. Yeah, because it, it all adds up, isn't it? It's the long-term vision of the, as you said, the use of the property. Um, so I guess um, FHP touches from the design element that is the e easier part. And then you touch into different property services and life cycle, as it were, of a property as well. So absolutely. And, and that I was Mr. Higgins, was it? It, who it was. And Mr. Kind of Higgins, started, Mr. Higgins did that in the and he sat me down in his office and, and told me his ethos for the business. And it's something that we've taken forward over the over now, even at the 30 years since since we took the 20 years since we took the business from him and, and the time since he's he's passed on from this world. But FHP have buildings across London, across the UK, and indeed across Europe that we've been involved with for some 30 or 40 years. And we want, we've seen buildings that we have designed and installed the engineering services for we've seen those buildings maintained we've seen them changed we've seen them move from one function to another and then we've we've been involved in the dilapidations as tenants have moved out we've seen those buildings literally pulled down and started again and we've helped with that acquisition and disposal process of that estate we've then looked at we've in, we've engaged with the clients and decided what they want to do with that with that literally flat grounds and so that phrase of cradle to grave for us is absolutely in our dna we can help at any stage of that property life cycle and clients have come to respect us for that we're known for it now and so at points in time whether you're buying or whether you're selling or whether you're changing the tenant or you're changing the function of the building fhp help with that and we understand that built environment and we understand the economics that go around that you know where sometimes sometimes clients have deep pockets and they want to spend and they want to spend something they want to invest in literally for the next hundred years particularly if it's a if it's a, a, a pension fund 
who are looking to retain that property over a significant period of time. But many others are looking for flexibility of using property. And we've we've helped them to achieve that. It's so incredible. And I just like uh, you talked about, I mean, we met in a property, I won't name it, uh, I don't know, in King's Cross, but uh, right. I still remember Stuart um, um, Rose mentioning that, you know, we have helped this property change hands so many times and we know mm -hmm. absolutely every single pipe work, duct work, every cable that runs in this building and absolutely. not even the owner, owners know it. And that was just absolutely. amazing. You know, we, we will, we will, somebody will say to us, we know that the, the, the seventh floor used to be occupied by such and such. And then it's split this. Oh yeah, the seventh floor split into three. So I know that, that riser B, riser B contains the, the extension to the, to the H, to the HV, you know, to the, um, uh, to the bus bar system that we moved the direction of that and we took it across the level. And with the detail that we know in those properties, it's almost boring. We, <laughs> we could bore people to death about the depth of information we have about a particular building, yes. That, that's, the, that's the quality of any engineer really, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it just, <laughs> isn't it just, Keep going. So I mean, for more than half an hour, yeah. Uh, uh, so, um, so Mr. Higgins started the, um, uh, the technical management arm yeah, perhaps yeah. is that so we have we, now you've got technical management you've got design and then there is the energy and sustainability so perhaps energy is the more recent addition is that fair it to is say? the most recent gary and you're, you're right to say that but i think we've been cognizant of it all the way through yes. our, our work it is the fuel with which we derive our rn product from and i think with an fhp there's always been a, and I hope it has been a, a sustainable strand to our business, that we've never been a wasteful business. We've always is... make the best of the resources that are available to us. And that includes, you know, well, hang on, if we can do that, if we can do that without using so much energy, then why aren't we doing that? And buildings have become so much more intensive now. They are more complicated. They, more, they are more intrinsically intensive as a, as a service that we provide. But FHP has, has tried to be and tried to maintain a level of practical engineering that makes change possible. We've all seen this, and, and I liken ourselves to, to a, a heavy engineering type background where we try to engineer into our design. We try to engineer into the the management of our, of our properties that we get involved with, a level of quality that suits the client's pocket. But if we've built in that level of quality that our engineers can almost instinctively provide to a property, it helps, it helps flexibility in the future, that we're not just a throwaway business. We are absolutely not a throwaway business. And, and our client and our, our guys and girls who do dilapidations, who involve themselves in expert witness, they understand that the, the Sibsi guide of saying that a chiller only lasts 20 years, we've managed to persuade them to put that to one side in their working life. And not everybody wants to throw away a chiller just because we understand that in, in by it's 20 years old in six months time, it will have to go. We'll make it work again. And we'll make it work for another 10 years if we need to. 
and the the carbon the proper maintenance and then a guidance for the client really isn't it that's absolutely that's, yeah. maybe function that suits yeah. what we do and we we've probably contributed and, and we, we take no credit for this because it's something as i say that we do instinctively but we've probably saved ourselves millions of tons of carbon just by persuading our clients to reuse what they already have to re-engineer what they already have and to make it function for the purpose that they need in the future. And we're very conscious that we're not a throwaway business. It's so interesting because I'll be interviewing Juliet Morgan later, um, who is a ESG director at Gensler. And she mentions if with a good design, you can get rid of so much carbon footprint just by Absolutely. thinking up front and making a good design happen where you're not, you know, you're working retrofitting, you're restoring, you're reusing. And it's yeah. not just, you know, to tick a box in an EPC certificate. I'm, I'm making a light of it. No, right? yeah. but just no. to tick a box in a, in a certificate, you're just like, okay, let's, I'm not suggesting either that people do it, but it's maybe people don't know it and they think that by doing this we are going to be energy efficient for the future and yeah. and then it all depends on a consultant to help them and guide them really isn't absolutely. it absolutely and that you're you're absolutely correct and, and what fhp has never been is a tick boxing business mm. we try and advise our client on what their best needs are and if that and if and if everybody you know not everybody but people like shiny and new and often shiny and new isn't the best. And it's certainly not the best for the environment. And if anything, we instill that in, in our guys and girls in the business, that it's not a throwaway society to us. We cannot function like that anymore. Let's reinvent what we already have in a property. Let's make it work again for the client that wants to keep that. And we can re-engineer engineering services to make it last twice it's expected life expectancy. And that is a huge impact on the environment, but it takes a different methodology. It takes a different mindset within our guys and girls to make that happen. And that's something that I hope in FHP will do for the next 50 years, as it has done in the previous 50 years. It's, it's so incredible, really, isn't it? And then and then we have got new family members as well joining, um, as yeah. it were, which was uh, last 10, well, last five years have been quite interesting as well as a part of the journey. Yeah, that is that it's been a, it's been a challenge to everybody the last two or three years. What I really enjoy about and, and really find remarkable in FHP is we've made those changes that to the working patterns. And we've become, I think, more cognizant of people's life outside of work. And I really appreciate that, that, you know, I can go back to times when it, it was a literally a 10 hour working day and, and, and you came to the office to do that. And you, you left when it, you came in when it was dark and you came and you left when it was dark in the evening. And the world has changed from that. And I'm, I'm really encouraged by the way we've embraced those changes to the, to the, to the working life now. And, and I think our colleagues have done the same. Our, you call them our family members, and I really like the way you use that phrase. And people have, that's, that's not without its challenges in, in how we lead those and how our management teams lead people and how we interact with each other. That's, that's a challenge for everybody now. Nobody anticipated us working remotely in the way that we do now and, and, and the, way that, the way that we function as a business. 
but I'm, I'm really encouraged by particularly the way FHP has embraced that. And I have seen how I think people have been really concerned that, that, that the business becomes disparate, that people don't see each other, they don't interact. And yet I, I've seen that in other ways where, you know, people haven't been together for a couple of weeks where they would have been, you know, 10 years ago, they would have been sitting next to each other. The relationships that those people have in the business are still strong and they're still warm and absence almost makes the heart grow fonder. And I see people coming together who, you know, who, who are working, working as a team, but when they physically come together, the warmth and the affection that they have for each other, that they've achieved their objectives at work, they've fulfilled what the business needs, but they feel fulfilled themselves in the way that they've done that. And then we come together as teams in the way that our business loves to, uh, loves to get people together on a, on a personal level. And that warmth that people have for each other doesn't change, does it? So with that interaction of people's personalities is still there, but not without its challenges for the senior management, where I think they have to understand, particularly people of, of perhaps my year and my age, it's overcoming those trust issues that people are functioning and they're working and we're producing for the clients. And over time, that has not been an easy adjustment, I think, for a lot of people to make. But now we're appreciating that we can be more productive, mm. be more energetic in the, in the way that we produce work for our clients. It's uh, quite interesting because you and I were together a day before yesterday and we were talking about when, when we started, we used to get faxes and uh, <laughs> yes you know the, the layouts were drawn on a massive board which used to be set in the office and we've come from that to cad and all these yeah. amazing softwares you know where i'm going with it and Absolutely. and the response you know you normally would get a oh. fax for a survey or a site visit now you get a text message could you be there like now so yeah. it's it's yeah. changed quite a lot so like you have seen so many cycles in the industry. What do you, what changes have you seen? What what trends are you seeing for the future? It's fascinating for me because, uh, you know, my my span of the experience, like you you have got so much time in the building services. It's just absolutely yeah, maybe maybe too much time. I don't know. Maybe too much. No, and, and you know, and you're, you're quite right that you know, going back even before that, we we used to write letters to clients, and they used to get posted. And we used to say, you know, what what do you want to do with what do you want to do with our metaphoric seventh floor? And we used to write a letter and send them send them a drawing, and then it would take two days to get there, and then they would send us a letter back, and then we'd react to that. You know, it, 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 now we're we're in an instantaneous instantaneous world now, and that that is a change. But I think that the cycles that I see often work around economic cycles. That has a huge influence, and and we've always been cognizant as a business of the commercial the money required to make it to make a building function so the cycles that i think we often see are, are one are economic cycles two they are the real estate cycles that follow those economic cycles so whether there is money in the economy or whether there's not money in the economy but the main change i think i've seen is, is the globalization of our industry we used to only build chillers and boilers in small factories mm. up in the fields mm. and we and they would be built by by guys in a in a in a really probably really poor environments 
And that was what we installed in buildings. And then in the 80s and 90s, suddenly we realized the rest of the world was doing was building chillers and boilers, perhaps better than we were. The economics, so we've become a globalized industry now. And we, we it's not, not unusual to be importing perhaps 70% of the hardware that we use in a building to build in a building or, and import, you know, there's a pump failed in uh, in one of our buildings that, we, that we've noticed that just next week. It, it has a backup, but we know we need to replace it. We've tried to repair it and we can't. So now we're looking to purchase that pump and to the client, it, it's like tomorrow, the best place we can get one is from Italy. And that, that way that we function and the way that we, you know, we, we service the industry has, has changed so dramatically now from almost a cottage industry to a global industry. And that's, that's perhaps the major change that I've seen over time. Plus the intensification of building services. It was really quite rudimentary, not so very long ago. I mean, and smart cities, right? Sorry, Dave. Uh, yeah. That's a whole another level that we are contributing towards. In, Absolutely. In and, and, and Saudi Arabia are building literally new cities as we speak. Dubai and the Middle East and the Emirates is building new cities as we speak. New cities in the Philippines. That, that and, and our experience as a business on a global level and our, on our reach to those people, because we have these extra years of experience in the built environments, is assisting in all of those that, that that combined hive knowledge that we have now and FHP is fundamental for that because we've been around for so long there is an intrinsic knowledge in, in how these things need to be done the technology is changing the scales are bigger the intensity is bigger but at the end of the day it is still the same pipes and wires the bigger ones smaller ones larger ones longer it's controlled ones. from the apps though dave so that's the difference yeah, yeah this, is, this is absolutely true <laughs> i i'm just like sometimes i'm like my phone is actually a remote control without planning it everything comes wi-fi enabled and you know you have to go on the app and change it and it, yeah it's just but i think it's important to and and it might be that we can that technology is the winner here and technology is the thing that will help us to make our industry sustainable. And bearing in mind, you know, we contribute because of our, our use of property, you know, perhaps only behind, behind the transport industry are we the most intensive user of property. Process engineering and the likes is, but what we touch in people's everyday life, we can be a tutor in the way that people manage the energy that they that they use and we can we can be a, a huge part of the education process to make people understand just the impact of what we're providing for them is a cost and i see i see perhaps a cycle of going from those intensive uh very modern engineering services i can see a time when we go back to the more passive engineering principles of 100 years ago and using natural cooling more, using the built, using the natural environment that we have to store heat and to store energy for use at a later time. And I hope that people across the world can reduce our impact on the environment, reduce our impact on the planet. And I hope our engineers can learn over time to make things perhaps simpler, mm -hmm. 
simpler might mean less intensive. They might mean the less use of energy, hopefully not to impact on the built environment that we're providing. But my dream is that as an industry, we become carbon zero, not only in a carbon zero sense that we're providing a, an environment to our clients, but it's just in the way that we function every day, yeah. every day. And that houses become, houses become to the point where they don't need a gas supply, where they don't need an electricity supply, that the technology that we can provide to those individual properties or commune, we've, we've all seen the, the growth of communal properties now. Yeah. Every railway station in London, every built environment across the world, that the intensity with, with people living in 10 million, 10 million person cities, we will need to find a way of providing those services to people such that they can function in a, in a changing a changing temperate climate that is less intrusive to the environment. And I think we, technology can help us do that. I'm not clever enough to do that, Gary, but I hope we can inspire the next generations of engineers to find those solutions that don't mean burning carbon fuels, that don't mean even needing nuclear power, that they will find a way to provide a way that, that, that humans can live in a, in a built environment without impacting on our... It's a sustained world. way, really, isn't it? Which is it a bit like circular. I, I, and I, I love the word sustainable, that it will, that it is, by the true meaning of the word, that it is non, non-intrusive on our environment, that it can continue forever in a day. But I just wanted... I, technology can help that process, undoubtedly. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's even when we talk about ESG um, um, in the industry, in the real estate yeah. world, in the built environment, I feel like engineering practices, including FHP, we've, we've got so much to give because you touch yeah. on the environment side of it. Very, I, I, I guess if I have to talk more about ESG, the E is probably the most um, recognized the most, you know, plant trees, offset carbon, yeah. if, if I have to, and it's the biggest one as well, the climate action, uh, the Paris agreements and stuff. So it's the S part where people get a bit confused and it just is like, how, how do you, you know, the societal contributions of companies and businesses. And it's, you just put it so beautifully with, with the engineering consultancies like ourselves at FHP, uh, you touch on the comfort of people living in communities, in offices and, uh, and just bringing that together. We can, we can be hugely influential. In yeah, exactly. World functions. And also even like sourcing it from the right place where people are treated properly, uh, where yeah. your condensers and chillers are coming. And it's not, we, we all know what effect it can have on the people who are working in, in, in the manufacturing units if, if they're not being careful, if the people who are running them are not being aware of those things. So it's like you're, you're touching so many of those things and just by nature of what we do and how we have to calculate everything and log everything, the government, the governance side of it. Like, so if I have to give like an example of businesses who can make so much impact, I would definitely say engineering is up there, isn't it? So oh, you have a absolutely. slightly more clarity and uh, access to that information as it were. As it, and I, I want us to be, we, we talked about, we talked earlier about, about how, you know, we don't want to see the engineering services that provide us with our, with our built environment. We want the impact to be minimal 
of what it is that we are providing. We want people to be comfortable and, and the population of the world I'm afraid, is only going to increase. And, and, and across the world, we're seeing people's demands for that comfortable environment who are living in, it's been warm in the UK as we know over the last, over the last few weeks, but the world is spreading and we need to make sure that we can provide a comfortable environment for those individuals in Africa and Asia and the more or less temperate regions and, and, and the colder regions of this, of this world where they can function and provide a useful contribution to human society, but without the impacts that if we're honest with each other, the impact that the, engine, the, 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 the industrial revolution from the UK and beyond had a detrimental effect on this world. We've, we've built a set of circumstances where it was acceptable just to pump out emissions, just to use energy and waste it, and just to poison our atmosphere. And we can't do that anymore. We know that, but it's, it's down to the engineers, I think of this generation. I, want, I was going to say the next generation, and it's not. It's this generation of engineers who are gonna to have to make that change. No pressure. Nope. <laughs> yes, indeed. No Watch out, every engineer from today's generation. <laughs> we have a challenge for you. We have to start thinking differently and we have to start thinking in the way that FHP have done over the last 30 years of reusing, of remodeling, of revisiting the properties that we have and engineering them to be less impactful on the environment than they were previously. And that's a huge challenge. It is a huge challenge, but it's a hugely exciting opportunity for this industry also, that we can have such an influence on the way that the, the, the human race functions for the next hundreds and thousands and hopefully millions of years, that we can start that process now. And, and it's a rethink of the way that we provide those engineering services. And I, my, my dream for FHP is that we're at the forefront of that in the way that we were at the forefront of maintenance management in buildings, in the forefront of the of the new of the passive designs of, of the 80s and 90s. I want us to be part of that that whole and be open to the learning exercise that comes with that. Mm. We're not we're not telling people what it is that they have to have. We want to listen to what our clients and what our what people need across this world and let's develop something and engineer something for them that is 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 fit for purpose but it's non-impactful on our, on our literally, and I, I could get quite emotional, but, but our beautiful world, it has to be, it has to be done in the right way. And it's a huge responsibility that, that we have as an industry. Which is, yeah, very beautifully put, Dave, very beautifully put. Well, um, just one traditional question, as it were, which I'm following through uh -huh. the podcast, because that kind of sums up um, my being, the way my brain thinks and is is uh, is every time you have an opportunity there is a risk and so yeah. uh, and yeah. how do you manage the risk in your head and how do you overcome it and deliver kind of thing and there have been times in my life where i would be like why am i doing this to myself <laughs> and i think all of us have that and then you know 10 years down the line and you're like oh i'm so glad i did it and i'm so glad i stuck through it because yeah it helped and it has helped in the journey for the growth um, as it were that that's what i truly believe that 
when you're uncomfortable, that's where the growth happens. It's, yes. it's you know, it's not yeah. in the ordinary day to day where. So what has been your risk you have taken and what, okay. what have you what have you kind of learned from it, which you'd like to share with our listeners? I, 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 I reflect back on on making the, the fundamental change for me from being an employee within a business and, and a colleague and a, and a, and a, and a day to day. Uh, function of a, of, of a business to actually owning a business and having the responsibility of owning that business and of course goes with that the, the, and the... that's just to give the background to the listeners because you you were four four business partners uh, or rather four colleagues who then bought yeah. the business from the exiting owners yes indeed that, so yeah. from my from my start you know it's literally the the, the, the lowest rank of individual within FHPI. I came with 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 my and I call them absolutely friends and colleagues to own to own the business and not just Gary it wasn't just the financial risk that we took at that time and it wasn't a great time it was it was just at the end of a end of one of our any number of recessions that that have happened in this economy over over the years but it wasn't just the financial responsibility that took it was realizing that you had the lives of your colleagues and the lives of your your family, your new family, in the, in they became your responsibility. That these the people that worked for you and the people that worked for the business and input of the business every day, you had a responsibility to make sure their wages were they were relying on on me and us to make sure that business functioned and functioned well every day. That they were happy within that business and that it and it paid their mortgages and it and it, and it put their kids through school and it it put food on the table. I perhaps didn't realize. How much of that at the time I was taking on, but it happened very, very quickly. And that that risk that you took, but you mentioned the growth that comes from that, Gary. And I've been really fortunate in my working life to experience that transition of employee to owner and all the worries and the pressure that go with that. And we're delighted now as a group of, of these four individuals to hand that legacy on to a new generation of engineers you being one of those and new owners of this business and not without its risk, not without its headaches, not without its pressures, but it's important. And I think one thing that Iolas grasped and, and you and James grasped as, as, as owners of this business now is that responsibility to our colleagues, yeah. responsibilities to our employees. And, and that's the one thing that I hope FHP reflects the, the honesty and the integrity of its employees and its staff and, and the colleagues that we have in the business. And if the FHP is known for anything, I want it to be continue to be known for that honesty and integrity that, that the friends that I've known in this business and that the friends that I have and the, the people I've worked with for the last 30 odd years have shown. And I, I, I hopefully in that will always, that will always be there. It will be part of FHP's DNA. We're a family. We produce and we work, but at the end of the day, it's about existing as a, as a as a group of people comfortably with ourselves every day. Well, that is so nicely put, and you know, it, it as it were, it was the metaphorical baton being passed. And absolutely, yeah, uh, it's yeah. Uh, that was a meeting of minds, wasn't it? That's a meeting yes. of minds and a meeting of of ethos and a, and a and a meeting of the way that I think people I expect and you expect people to be treated with respect 
and with honesty. And and that that I hope is something that stays with FHP you know, under under new under new guidance of yourself and James for the next the next the next thirty years. Long may it continue, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Godspeed. Well, Dave, thank you so much for joining us today. It was absolute, absolute pleasure to, you know, spend time with you, share the platform with you and uh, share the stories which I listen to and have the great pleasure or rather I'm very grateful for to have you at the end of the phone call sometimes to just bounce ideas and dip into the the huge experience pool you have got alongside Graham as well. And so it's, you know, I'm just grateful to have that as a part of the team and as a family. Thank you so much. Absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thanks, Gary. Dave, what an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And we are ever grateful at Business of Building for you to spend time with us, giving us kind of a mind map of the change and, um, the journey of building services um, through time for almost you know 40 years of your career certainly but FHB being there for 50 years as well yeah it's been enlightening and um, I maybe there is a part two to this discussion because I feel like there is so much more we could have discussed as well but to our friends and listeners for business of building uh, thank you so much for joining us today please rate and review and share with your friends and colleagues Uh, this really matters to us Um, and uh, see you in the next episode and I hope you enjoyed the show today thank you